dive into a world of untold narratives with the podcast that explores the unseen quadrant of the Jahari window of our lives. Here, we uncover the hidden stories and unspoken truths of extraordinary individuals, revealing what others don't know about us, but what we know about ourselves. This is The Bottom Left Pain. Welcome to another episode of The Bottom Left Pain where we delve into the extraordinary stories hidden beneath the surface. Today, we're joined by Yurate Wolf, a multifaceted personality blending science with spirituality. As a human factors analyst at Kennedy Space Center, Yurate contributes to groundbreaking space missions like Artemis, while also embracing her role as an astrologer and holistic practitioner through her business, Empirical Mystic. Join us as we traverse her unique journey from Lithuania to the forefront of space exploration and how she integrates her deep understanding of human psychology with astrology and energy modalities. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Bottom Left Pain. Today we have Urate here. Uh, yeah, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and you know how you kind of exist in the universe. I do so many things. So um, I call myself a people and system scientist. And that's, I think, defines me the best uh, because I, everything I do, it evolves around humans. Ever since mm -hmm. I remember myself, um, ever since really little girl, I was always very interesting in everything. It has to do with human. I didn't realize at that point uh, yet, of course. But I just, uh, I just was led by curiosity. I was really, really blessed to have mom and parents in general who were really uh, forgiving and allowing me to do that. So. Um, so there was not really, oh, you have to be that, or that's a good profession, or another, or, you know, whatever. They had their opinions, but they never really pushed it. Um, so um, so I always uh, always sought out things, and I was really, really curious as a child as well, and I was really studious. Um, so I was going to libraries, I was going to different schools, I was putting myself through the programs. And, um, you know, literally because I was looking for more and uh, everything was united. It's, it's literally, I was interested in physics. I was interested in mathematics. I was interested in genome, genome. Mm -hmm. um, not biology as a whole, gen genome, uh, you know, genome. I was interested in chemistry, but only organic. And uh, everything what led me, it, you know, of course, psychology, but psychology, I grew up in Lithuania. So um, I got here when I was 19 on my own like everything else <laughs> again you know that thanks to my parents being so um so you know allowing and uh letting me do the things that i did um on my own and uh you know not fearing for me although i i didn't really give them much choice too but <laughs> but, but uh that's sort of in my astro dna and uh we'll talk i guess about that um so um yeah so everything physics quantum physics was extremely interesting to me um, physics in general, but for me, the general Newtonian physics really bored me. Um, it was really easy. It was really bored me. And uh, a lot of people when I was in the high school thought, I mean, I'm going to be a physicist because I was really, I took an electional exam of the, you know, a national electional exam in physics. And I just mm -hmm. love physics and I still continue to, to love it. But, um, you know, in hindsight, when I look back, it's, uh, it's always the same. It's always the same. It's always energy. It's always uh, human. It's always what makes us tick? How do we function? Human psyche, all of that. And psychology started to study it when I was in high school. It was an electional at that point. Um, it was very new in Lithuania, and so it was one of the first new cohorts to study psychology. So, so it was awesome. very difficult to get in. So that's how I got 
that's who I am. And what I do right now, I do many, many things. So everything was connected to even when I do that. And uh, I work at Kennedy Space Center as Senior Human Factors Analyst. And uh, yeah, and I have my own business, uh, Empirical Mystic, where I, um, I coach uh, people to flow and alignment with their own potential and what they brought in here. And, uh, and also research alternative um, healing modalities, which has to do a lot also with energy and, and uh, all of that, bringing scientific method essentially to um, alternative modalities. Yeah, well, first, wow, you know, that's, that's super diverse. You have all this like, it sounds like you're just a, a powerhouse when it comes to science, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of want to jump into a little bit about your role, right? So can you tell us a little bit about your role working on, you know, uh, different projects at the Kennedy Space Center and, you know, what inspired you to, to enter in the field that you're in? Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so that, that might surprise you. Um, I actually never dreamed of being working for Kennedy Space Center. It's sort of, mm. uh, I got, I got, uh, I got there by invitation. Okay. No joke. I got there by invitation. So, uh, someone that I helped, uh, well, I was working in energy sector. I was working for Siemens Energy as, uh, as a global, in a global area. At the time, finishing my PhD in one factors. So, um, and uh, someone that I helped out with work at Kennedy um, regarding human aspect said, We definitely need you here. And uh, and they invited me to interview, and I got several panels of interview, and I got in, and that's it. And that's in 2018. So, um, my dad, however, he wanted mm. to be a cosmonaut, Russian cosmonaut, because of course we're in Lithuania. He grew up in USSR time, so mm. he couldn't do that. He's a he's an engineer actually, and my mom as well. But uh, they're different engineers, <laughs> not not the not not the side, uh, not the space. And so he wasn't able to do that because of health. He wasn't mm. even able to go to the competitions and do that because of his heart condition that he was born with. So. Um, but it wasn't like a thing in our family that we would talk about space all the time or, or you know, any, none of those conversations were even present. So I just knew it. Um, so somehow, um, like recently acknowledged that I was like, look, dad, I somehow, um, you know, working, I worked on the largest rocket, you know, in the history of human mankind, you know, we're launching essentially mm-hmm. developed that rocket, right? So it's in a way subconsciously, I somehow universe led me to fulfill that. And so mm. my dad is very, very um, excited. Of course, we have a lot of conversations about that. But um, yeah, and just, uh, just so that's how, so how this happened. I always and everything in my life do the guidance, mm, and okay. uh, I follow my passion. And that's my biggest advice and one advice to everybody and every single person to follow what you're passionate about, to go after what you're passionate, you're curious, because that's really that's really what you are here for. You really need to enjoy and chew what you love. And, you know, if you're passionate about um, going and talking to people, um, I don't know, about water. You go and talk about water. If you want to talk about, um, you know, about politics, you go and talk about politics. Mm-hmm. And then whatever it is that you're passionate about, that's where that's where you're here. You know, sometimes people get so confused um, mm-hmm. by their parents, by their society, by what they're going to make money, what they're not going to make money, right. um, you know, that, that they get lost and they forget what they're really passionate about. So, you know, so it's really, really good to look into what, what you would do if you wouldn't have to worry about the pay, you know, what would you do? 
and then go and combine that or at least start it start mm -hmm. to look into it like uh like from the hobby perspective and usually you can combine it so yeah first off you know thanks for that message i think yeah 100 percent, you're right about like just making mm -hmm. sure you're following your passions because regardless like i feel like you're almost doing the world and yourself a disservice right by not taking the steps there because yeah i mean there's only going to be just one you and i feel like you know, ideas that come and passions, like what's, what's that book called? Um, is it the Cre creative act? I think by, by Rick Rubin, I'm not too sure, but there's this whole idea in the book that like ideas, they, they're universal, right? Like regardless, like when the idea is coming to fruition, that essentially like it's, it's, it's the idea's time to, to blossom, right? Regardless if, if you don't do it, someone's going to do it. So at that point you might yes. as well kind of jump on it. Right. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to jump back a little bit, you know, so you ended up here, uh, you know, working as an analyst and did you have any role models or like influential figures who inspired you kind of on this journey? Or did you feel like this was all you just full on full speed ahead? Maybe you were your own hero. <laughs> no, I am not my own hero. I am led by universe. I'm mm. really led by universe. I, a lot of people, uh, life and death inspired me <laughs> mm. okay. a lot. Um, I am living on quotes. I'm living on biographies. Mm. I love, absolutely love people who are who live their life. Um, there's like a like a. I always say like love of my who is love of my life is Einstein. He's love of my life. Nobody will beat him because he's dead. Nobody even tries, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that's it. Nobody will replace him. So um, Einstein is absolutely. I love Einstein. And um, so, you know, so literally there was a lot of people, but so I'm not going to mention all of them that, you know, some, there's always everyone can learn something from that. Right. That's, that, that's how I, how I go with meeting people as well. You can always learn from everybody. So especially when they're very, very successful people out there. So from the space people, I definitely love, uh, I like really, really like uh, Richard Branson. He's my favorite space guy. Um, and why I like it is that uh, it's because he's, he's, very genuine. He is playful. He's curious. He's led by passions. He loves people. Mm -hmm. I love him for that. And he, he does great things. He, he does absolutely great things. And all he did is accomplished by himself. So this is a live person. Einstein, I love for his curiosity, for his mind. He's so smart. And right. uh, that's a big deal for me. Of course, everybody knows that. But he, he was also quirky. <laughs> he was also quirky. And all these people who are too a lot, they're, they're unique. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, everybody's unique. Um, from the female is Marie Curie, um, actually, Marie Curie. So he, uh, he, she got um, two Nobel Prizes, right? And she was the first female to get Nobel to begin with. And um, she, um, she experimented, uh, you know, I, I realized that recently that she did experiments on herself, right? And uh, uh -huh. she really radiated herself. Um, it's a really, really good documentary. If, um, I de definitely recommend to watch. Sorry, what was it called? Um, Marie Curie, Dr. Marie Curie. Right, but She's, What's the uh, the documentary called? Oh, I don't remember. Um, uh, I forgot the I forgot the title, but it's about Mary Curie life, right. her life. Right, right. I think it's called Radioda Radioactive. I think that's mm. how it's called because mm -hmm. she essentially invented, uh, find out, well, invented rather. She didn't really invent. She discovered uranium. Mm, okay. And uh, started to use for for radiation for essentially so it saved a lot of lives, um, and uh, you know her. She literally discovered it, that metal didn't exist before her. And uh, she did that in her own life. Like she, she didn't think, obviously, it's a poisonous material. She thought it's uh, 
it's something else. So uh, she already did herself uh, do that in the process. But, um, you know, so, but it's really, really unique. And her relationship with her husband, and she's like also a very unique personality. And I really like her as well, very, very much. Um, mm -hmm. So the documentary is new. I think it's last year came out or so. Um, it's really, it's really good. Um, really good. I definitely recommend the Einstein documentary is also really great. But, um, but if you really want to know about him, read his bi biography. That's uh, that's uh, that's a good one. <laughs> He's uh, he he was a a, a a unique human being. Like nobody is perfect, and none of the scientists are perfect. So there was always something to learn. You know, you're a great scientist, but they might not be great dads, great moms, or whatever else. You know, maybe not mm. not the greatest uh, relationship examples, right? So right. there's always people inspired in different fields. Mm -hmm. So and Dr. Yang, Dr. Um, Carl Yang. He's a psychologist. Mm. He was yeah, actually a psychologist. He was dream, um, Dr. Young, you know, so he he's really one of the biggest ones. So it's some, from psychologist, it was him. And uh, he's actually was astrologer and uh, and uh, mystic as well. Mm. And uh, and he also analyzed dreams and great in psychoanalysis. And he was just one of the biggest ones out there in his time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I can see, first off, you know, I talked about how you were a powerhouse. I can see where that comes from with all the inspiration behind all these big figures, right? Um, you know, so as a human factors anal analyst, you know, could you share your contributions to some of the projects and explain like kind of how your work has impacted um, some of the stuff going on at uh, the Kennedy Space Center? Okay. Yes. So at Kennedy Space Center, since everything is uh, made from scratch, essentially, it's, you know, there's no factory for rockets. Uh, we we do we do we do everything from scratch and everything is designed. So uh, without without telling uh, more than I'm supposed to tell, uh, generally I'm not alone. Of course, there is a whole team of human factors people there, and um, right. you know some you know not alone who is who's doing human factors. Um, and we do have areas where we specialize in in uh, you know for specific because it's believe it or not you know there was a lot a lot that comes into building a rocket and. Um, <laughs> several years and and not just building it and then powering it and uh, making sure it's uh, it goes and then getting back and you know clearing up and a lot of things right so mm -hmm. um everywhere there's humans humans are involved in everything so um so that's where my my expertise comes i start i'm there since 2018 and uh so the rocket has not does not been even stacked. the first one wasn't even stacked. so and of course we already um we already got back the first one and Clear that we are ready for the once with human right now for to go right so so we're working on missions forward um nasa doesn't just work on one mission we're already working on uh Artemis one and two and three mm -hmm. uh, which well. is mars right so so all these missions have a lot to do with human not just because human is on the board that's a whole another level of scrutiny and of course a lot more human factors are involved as well but a lot of human factors are involved also before that, since mm. um, we're also putting a lot preparing the, you know, the, the, the capsule and the way we had our mannequins. And this is public information, of course. So we had our mannequins that are really with a lot of centuries and all kinds of information got back to us after the first, what is called test flight, right. where they went around the moon, right? So we got all information and, uh, and that was informing what we're doing right now uh, and preparing. And uh, of course, we were we were well prepared before, but we we're also testing, making sure. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so human factors involved. We're working with interdisciplinary teams, so there's all kinds of engineers, 
and uh, meaning um, electrical, aerodynamic, chemical, um, you know, mechanical, uh, aerospace, human factor safety, environmental, all these specialties, right? Foods, because we have a lot of, uh, you know, toxic and explosives, right? All the time. And uh, in every single section until working together. And uh, my responsibility is to look at the human aspects of the whole uh, process or whatever that's being done. It could be as small as a small shop that's going to help out like a tool that is custom made to help out in certain process, mm -hmm. or it could be as big as, uh, as the whole, you know, preparing for, um, for contingency operation and making sure everything is staged in case something gets goes yeah. wrong and leak happens or something. Wow. So it's, it, it's just all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, it's never, <laughs> it's never boring. Yeah, no, it sounds like it's it's insane, to be honest. Um, right. Yeah, so I mean, you're kind of working on these all these cool projects, right? So, you know, you probably have some sort of like scientific achievements, right? Or like moments in your career that you're probably like super proud of, right? What are these moments or achievements? So, so you might be surprised, but actually, uh, I, I, I usually don't look back into what I've done. It's done, mm. I celebrated, I'm done. Mm. So I don't collect trophies. Okay. And I live for them. I live every day. So um, it's an adventure. And you know, when you're like going on adventure, every day is an adventure. So you don't look back on what was in your adventure. You look, you experience the adventure as it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I live life. There is one very proud moment, which is, I mean, there are several, there's many proud moments, right? But there's one that I could actually single out that really um, made, me, made me feel really humbled and mm -hmm. very... I wouldn't say like proud, but so humbled that I really didn't didn't think in the million years that 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 is going to happen, and that it was really led by many many synchronicities and uh, many people who were involved who who made it, you know who made suggestions, recommendations, and all that happened. Right. So last year, I I actually spoke after the Artemis launch. Um, Lithuanian national TV um, wanted to, was looking for someone if some Lithuanians were actually were watching, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> watching the launch, and uh, I didn't see that. Um, so someone told uh, told them that look, there is someone who works there. So actually, I was I appeared on Lithuanian national TV on the Christmas Eve last year, uh, talking about Artemis launch, the the pictures and videos, and of course that was clear the NASA. So that was such a proud moment of me. And it's really, really interesting that that actually happened. I recorded it, or rather, that was a gift because my dad's birthday is in December as well. Uh -huh. So I gave him that as a gift. I was like, Dad, I'm going to be on national TV talking in Lithuanian about Artemis launch. And so that was such a surprise for my dad. And that was a big, big, big one for me because I realized that that TV channel, this is a main channel, Lithuania. And... Mm -hmm. um, when I saw him, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I was so humbled that I didn't want to tell even anybody. And I was like, Mom, I'm going to be there. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> just, 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 just keep it. Because I didn't want, like, all that because I didn't know how I'm going to react. Like, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And um, and uh, it was it was really proud. And the, one of the questions was there, uh, what you, would you recommend to, to the people? And I, I literally told them, I was like, follow your passions. because, And that's where I'm really proud about, because that's my mission, to mm. make sure, one to make sure, I believe that if a person, if everybody follows their passions and they live there what they believe, 
um, we would have peace, we would have love, we would have life, we would have great things in life. You know, it's it's when the people don't do that or feel they, they cannot do that. It's, that's when that's when hard things happen. So, um, so long story short, uh, when when people start calling me and uh, and you know <laughs> my social media started, uh, I literally just turned off for for two days because I literally had to had to just be with myself because there was so much going on. Right. And um, you know, and I and I when I heard the commercial of little preview that happened, and I was like, this is a channel. As a kid, I watched presidential elections. This is a channel. As a kid, I saw a Russian wall fall down, mm-hmm. and this was big for me. This was really big, and I was on it. You know, and not just on it. I was on it talking about something really important. Right. And um, and it was really, it was science program, but it was really, really good um, science program. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, honestly, I would, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't speak Lithuanian, but I would definitely love to uh, to see something <laughs> like that. That just sounds, uh, you know, like such a big, a big uh, achievement, right? Um, so now let's kind of come back and talk a little bit about like your personal growth and just kind of um, some insights that you might have, right? So throughout your career in human factor and an analysis in your study of astrology and all of uh, the diverse background that you have, you know, what surprising discoveries have you made about yourself, particularly regarding about like, you know, human abilities and limitations? About myself. Well, you know, since I'm studying humans, it's sort of myself as well, right? But, yeah. <laughs> Oh, surprising, surprising thing I, I discovered is that I would put myself to anything, like mm. anything to discover it. My curiosity could take me like, like anywhere. Like I completely blind, like I put blinders on, like I just go. So that's about me, I guess. When I discovered, I don't know if it was new or not. It's it's, it's in my DNA as well. Um, I'm Aries sun, so that has, um, if anybody knows astrology, so it's in my astro DNA. I'm area zero degrees at the very beginning, so very cardinal. I, nobody can say no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I am. Uh, I have other other aspects that definitely um, ne- negotiation is there, but it is it, it is really like I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to go through anything and experience anything. Sometimes a little bit more relentlessly than other people could or would. And um, and it's not that I'm doing it just because I want some kind of fame or something. I'm doing it for curiosity. I'm doing it for discovery. I'm I'm doing it because I just cannot not do. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really what drives me. Uh, now, as a general, from my experience, what I've discovered, and uh, and it's really without the shadow of doubt at this point, that everything and anything could be explained with and manipulated with energy, mm. everything. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's our, you know, when we're in alignment with our energetic DNA and energetic signature, right? The things that we brought into this life, it's that's when we're happiest. And that's what separates happy and unhappy, healthy and unhealthy, successful and not successful. It's not alignment with that energetic signature that we brought in mm-hmm. and how we flow with it. Yeah, I'm actually, um, so I, I, I do want to put in pin in that because I, I definitely want to learn more about like the alignment and everything. Um, but one question I also did have was, you know, you've worked on these like pretty significant missions and still kind of working on some of them, right? You know, are there any like aspirations for the future of like, you know, space exploration and anything that's going on with the, the Kennedy Space Center? 
my aspirations as far as space exploration. Um, I don't have personal aspirations because this is this is sort of a community, right? Work. So um, mm -hmm. my aspirations is it's to uh, you know I, I'm just making you know making my aspirations for me to be the best of my at whatever I do that I can, and I don't limit myself to just human aspects. If I you know, this is sort of like a mindset of mine, right? I, I always empower people to speak up. I always speak up. It's through me. So if I, you know, I've always been me. And um, everybody knows me who, um, well, not everybody knows me, but I mean, everybody knows me who I truly am. I'm not different when I'm at Kennedy Space Center and when I'm working on my business. Of course, I'm doing very different things, right? Because I'm using different uh, different abilities and different knowledge. And that's really um, the reason because I do not really employ any of what I'm employing my business. And my, my passion is really what I'm doing with my business, my vertical mystic. And, uh, but Kennedy Space Center is a huge, um, it's very impactful. And I'm really, really happy that humanity is going back to space and that commercial programs are coming up as well. And that we're getting more and more people out there because there's one thing uh, that we're really excited about. Uh, I mean, it's not just discovery with the science that they bring back because a lot of people actually think that the money goes out into space, but it doesn't. What happens mm -hmm. is uh, that there is a lot of science that's being done in the space. And, uh, you know, and again, I don't even know about everything because a lot of, you know, of that is, it's, is, is a separate if, for a right. need to know situation, but there's a lot of biology, a lot of discoveries that they were brought back and, and inventions and technology happened because of the sciences being done on ISS and, uh, that we're discovering from, from these space exploration, you know, uh, you know, missions. So, so that's, I, I'm really excited about James Webb telescope. I fully follow that, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, discovery of stars. I, I can't wait uh, till we see more, till we can hear things, not only see, because mm -hmm. I want to, I want to hear sounds of, of stars. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> A vibration. Yeah. <laughs> so, because right now we can only see and we see it really well right now compared to what we had with Hubble. And mm -hmm. these are amazing, and uh, just uh, because we're receiving our sensory systems, right? Uh, we are receiving the the energy of the sensory system. System. So, so that brings me back to the missions, uh, the commercial. Um, we're bringing more and more people, and uh, now we more people can go and experience the space and look to Earth from space. Right. And um, when I was still back at PhD, actually, we did a. Uh, there's such thing. It's called the overview effect. And the overview effect is a cognitive shift that happens in the mind of, of astronaut or someone, an astronaut at that point, right, um, that looks at Earth uh, from space. Is that oh. a moment that shifts? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a really a privilege to interact with many, many astronauts uh, who flew commercial, non-commercial, you know, astronauts, aircraft. So I, I, you know, I had a privilege really really honor and privilege to interact with them and speak to them. And you're such an amazing human beings. All of them has such an amazing sense of humor and they're so humble and they're so smart, but so humble and so simple. And they have this, this love that, you know, this energy, this, that generates, you can, you can feel it when you're in their presence and anybody could tell you, um, you can feel it. They have that, that vibration and that energy that, that required. So I actually really, really want to see a lot of big CEOs, a lot of really rich people going flying to space so they can actually bring back and bring, you know, bring back that shift so they can actually create something more tangible. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, like, uh, so I kind of want to stick to that for a second, right? Like, I'm curious to know a little bit more about like, did you know, you know, what some of these astronauts were like before the, you said it was the overview? um, Overview effect. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of scientists, scientific, um, you know, research papers on it. And it's a psychological um, cognition, essentially, it's documented. um, That happens. It's, uh, you know, we have done a little bit, we actually simulated even simulation, you could see um, with EEGs, you know, and um, uh, there was there was such thing. Um, so yeah, so it's not before. It's uh, you know, it's it's well, like from before to the after of the experience of of seeing their our Earth from right. the space, you know, from yeah, there there was there was something that shifts. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that just seems really interesting. Like. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely look into Read up about it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But uh-huh. um, yeah, so I kind of want to jump into what it was like being a woman in STEM, right? Especially within the space sector. Can you share the challenges you might have faced? <laughs> so um, this is a, this is really like, um, I have a funny story. So before Kennedy Space Center, I worked at the um, Siemens Energy. I mentioned I worked in the energy sector. <laughs> and um and as I worked there at the same time, I was actually invited to speak at the American Nuclear Society um, wow. annual meeting. So, yeah, so I spoke in Western Washington, D.C. And uh, at the time, I was married, and uh, so I went there with my husband. And um, it was 13 years ago, literally 10 years ago, <laughs> uh, 20, 2012. Um, and, and it was, so they had the, their, there was 75th, um, uh, 75th uh, annual uh, meeting in Washington. So in Washington D.C., they had a big gala, um, and of course, everybody you know, especially you know, people who speak were were there, right? So uh, as I was there with uh, with my husband, right, and uh, we, we come in, and I'm I'm very social. I'm very you know, I meet people very easily. I don't have issues, you know. I I, I I'm really curious again, you know, like that's the way I meet people. I'm really curious, so I have no. I meet people generally easy, and. There was a there was con- constant situation that even at the, at one point my like like we got I come in it was it was of course it was uh, it was men and females it was couples and, you know a lot of um, very accomplished uh, you know scientists from all over uh, all over United States and uh, you know a lot of a lot of the scientists were there and and um, so we were talking and um, well as, as we come in everybody like everybody. Uh, would would think that um, they start to talk to my uh, to my husband, thinking uh-huh. that he's the one. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I was like, "So what do you do?" I was like, "That's her." <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, he was like, "Look!" <laughs> like immediately, yeah, just like, "Oh, she's the one you want to talk to now." Look over there. <laughs> and my husband is like tall, and I'm just standing there shorter, you know. And uh, my three is six, is six, six five, you know, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was like, oh, it's actually her. <laughs> I'm in law, you know. So um, yeah, so it was so funny. I was cracking up because because literally, even females and males, you know. And of course, after that, we had that conversation. You know, everything is like, but uh, but yes, it was it was nonstop for you know every every single new person unless the, the person comes in there and they already know that I'm talking when they realize it right if there's a circle, um, but yes, so that was the that was like one of the funny ones. So so that's my experience. I really I really didn't have a harsh experience at all. 
Um, I had, I've been blessed with really, really good bosses, amazing bosses, but most of them were male, not all of them, mm-hmm. but most of them uh, were male. And, but they, they really treated, they really didn't have a bias and um, they, they really treated everyone as, um, you know, what you know, it's not a, about what gender you are. So, you know, so I really had a great experience. And at the same time, I really don't have a mindset because when I grew up, in uh, you guys are sorry, back in Lithuania, right? Because the South portion and then Lithuania. Actually, Lithuanian women are amazing in math and the science and STEM. So it was actually opposite. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I had I when I came here, I was like, "What are you talking about? Men are better." I was like, "What are you talking about?" And it's, in reality, psychologically, there is no difference, really. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's you know that's. What, I mean, I was like, no, it's backwards. What are you talking about? You know, and because uh, those are statistics that were there, you know, but um, so, yeah, so I don't have that. I don't have personally that bias. I, I don't expect that. And but I don't think it exists anymore. At Kennedy, it really it really we have a lot of females have very diverse uh, pop, like general uh, workforce is extremely diverse. And uh, there is there is zero. There is zero. There's actually a lot of uh, leadership um, in female leadership, a lot. Even though we're um, flight uh, control directors, uh, female. I mean, we are, we are director, center director is female too. We have a lot of females. The manager direct is female as well. That's so interesting. Yeah, like, um, you know, first, like, you know, I appreciate the perspective because, you know, I guess there is that kind of like that stigma there, right? Like. That generally people think like, oh, it is it is a male dominated field. Um, yeah, it's so interesting in a, to hear this other in the global in the global um, uh, arena. It's it's it it is good. Um, but I, I also taught cross cultural psychology and uh, and uh, prejudice stuff uh, back in when I was at UCF University <laughs> of Central Florida here when I was uh, still a PhD year. So so um, I'm very much for diversity and uh, you know all these things, but there's biases that actually grow usually from the they stem from the culture. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, where I worked in, when I worked at Siemens uh, and I worked in global sector. So in Siemens Energy global sector. So we actually oversaw all the all the regions, including U- UIE, Middle East, mm-hmm. and Asia. And so those countries actually they still have a huge bias. So I. When I when I I delivered something scientific, some some model, something that I needed to to deliver, um, uh, usually I said, you know, if there was someone, that, if it needs to be presented, it's better if it's delivered by mail because it's going to be received better. So I actually gave that advice as, you know, it's like, look, I can provide right. this information, and uh, you know, but but it's better if you can deliver it by a male person just because right. it's going to be better received. Um, it's just the way it is. So you you want to work with that essentially mm-hmm. but um yeah and uh, and a lot of times because my name is so unique um and we don't know miss or missus at the time at least um when an email comes through usually people call it mister and i was like i, I don't care if you call him mister <laughs> my message gets true i'm good <laughs> well i'm glad that you know like again like there isn't this uh there wasn't these challenges that you had to face, right? Um, in the- I had a lot of funny, like a lot of funny experiences <laughs> like that. Like there was a, actually a manager of the Middle East uh, region. Um, he would call me Mr. 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 When we, we had actually national meetings, all the regional managers and we organized the, the training. He came in and he saw me as like, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's fine. 
So let's go ahead and shift a little bit, right? I kind of want to now jump into more of the, uh, like the intersection of, you know, of the science and, and astrology, right? And kind of blending mm -hmm. that and, and the alternative healing. So, you know, how does your background in human behavior and psychology enhance, you know, your personal interest in astrology? And in what ways do you integrate this knowledge with the alternative healing modalities um, that you practice in your business, you know, uh, with empir empirical mystic? Mm -hmm. So everything is, is very, very um, dependent on, uh, like, well, this is human factors. Technology and the tool is only as good as the user. Mm. It's the truth across the board. This is actually human factor. That's why human factors exist, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so the astrology or astro astrological, you know, analysis, whatever you want to call it, um, it's actually very, very intricate, and there's a lot of information in there. But it's only as good as the user. If you don't know how to interpret it, if you're going to be biased, um, and it's always going to be, when someone is interpreting anything, there's always going to be a certain amount of bias on the person. So it's very important to be very impartial. So I use that. And that's where scientific portion of my mind, I guess, comes in. I really live between the two, or rather in both areas. Um, I can put myself more into logic, and I can turn myself more. I can, I can use both sides of my brain. I have not, neither or. Um, if, you know, where it's not more comfortable, um, it depends. Uh, I'm more comfortable usually on, in analytical if I do science. I cannot wear two at the same time, but I also going to be very creative when I'm actually designing the model or doing the research. And I, by knowing and understanding how these modalities work um, and experiencing them myself and using them everywhere and really observing and all of that, I'm actually better at researching them. Because there's a lot of research out there that um, you have a researcher who knows how to test the model and how to do the science portion, but they induce a lot of error just because they don't know that um, uh, that the energy of the, of the facilitator, it actually influences, for example or, you know, some other things and aspects that you would only know if you actually experience and know and use uh, the modalities and you're emerging it. But that's not the only reason. I really know, I don't just believe, I know that these things work because, and that's part of my discovery and discovery through myself, through experiences, to what I see, to what I read. And, uh, and everything is really interconnected heavily. So I use all of them in, in my coaching, in my um, flow coaching and all of that for me. Um, astro DNA, what I call it, and astro I do as astrological assessment as well as, as well as human design, which is also based on you on on the on that. It's a little different system, but it's extremely well uh, designed system as well. I use very as a basic as a background mm -hmm. for any coaching I do, um, because that actually cuts the time and makes accuracy so much more profound. Now, it is not predictive. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, these things will give you, uh, they will give you what you brought here and what, but these are give you only the potentials. We have free will. Right. So we are allowed to choose. And when I meet a person, they're adults. So they have many, many choices already that they've made. Mm -hmm. Right. So what they are in that spectrum of the choice, it could vary. I cannot say, well, you are here or you're here or here. I can tell you at that time, you had certain experiences that was very impactful and it shifted your life. I can tell you that because that is an energy that shows up, mm. for example, mm. right? 
um, I can I can see uh, what the what the talents are, uh, what people are need to work on, what their um, what they brought in into this world as as their their gifts, and the natural to them. Um, I can tell um, you know what they need to expand on and what their mission is, and uh, all these things are extremely important uh, when people are confused and you know that, that helps them streamline what the you know what they need to do and uh, and then you know I give them like and then work together because in coaching you never you never tell people what to do right. you always work with them and this ultimately the person's choice so so what I'm here is to guide and that's what I that's what I do with that and uh, in the research mm. I use energy um, um, you know again I've seen so many patterns um, in uh, in the certain signatures of of people personal Astro DNA and modalities that they work or don't work for them. Mm-hmm. And I test specifically that right now because uh, originally, you know, so, so providing specificity because for example, there's sound healing, right? Not all sound healing is good for everybody. Breathing and breath healing. Not all breath are good for everybody. You know, if you have too much fire in your, in your chart, like I do, fire breath won't be good for you. It's going to put you overboard. You know, just 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 as natural, right? It would be logical, right? But people don't even think about it, right? And they just go for it, and that's why that's why there was such a confusion in that in that area because people just go and delve and deep and and they say, well, well they either get hurt or think they don't work, it doesn't work for them or whatever else, right? But uh, these are extremely powerful modalities, and again, also very understanding and knowing of how those modalities work together is also very important. But you can't really know that as well. Until you know each modality individually, right. so I work with many healers. Is there anything else that you can kind of tell me about, just like, you know, how how this all kind of works, right? Especially to given someone like, you know, I I've heard about like my big three and stuff, right? Like my my son's a Sagittarius, my rising is Scorpio, and then my moon is a Libra, right? So like, how 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 can anybody take like that at, at its like purest form and, and learn anything about like astrology from from that mm-hmm. okay so these are um these three things that you mentioned they are big three um so these are big just one you know just just a just a little dip into it right because mm-hmm. every single um like uh, the chart is complex if you would look at astrologer's chart you would say oh my gosh like, i don't even know what the heck is in it right um i heard that all the time <laughs> so so yes um and I said even uh, I know, I know even right now medical astrology. So there is a very very precise space astrology, all kinds of things. So every single um, planet has a specific angle to another planet, specific location, all of that, right? So so it, it can tell a lot of things. That's why it's usually for astrology needs specifics. Now these three things that you mentioned, they pretty much give you a little bit general idea of who you are. Mm-hmm. So sun sign, it's is who you really truly are in your core. Is is that who you are? And people who know you, who, you know, close to you, people know you as your sun sign because they they have seen your core and your soul essentially, mm-hmm. right? Because you opened up. Now, if you're a Scorpio rising, you're not so easy to open up. But <laughs> interesting. <laughs> because uh, that's what that's what the that's what persona is. That's what you project to your world, mm-hmm. and that's really usually actually how you look like as well. Mm-hmm. It's your external attributes, your body, because that's also a rule to your first house, which is your body. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
first house because there are 12 houses and different uh, those are different areas of, of of your life and how you develop essentially so uh now it's also very important that, that you know sometimes there is yeah there is ascendant but if there is planets in that house or close to the ascendant those who shade somehow and give the flavor to that ascendant so um you know if you if you would have like um I don't know, like uh, Mercury or Uranus. Like if you have Merc, if you are, for example, if you are Scorpio, but if you have Uranus in the first house, that actually would shade your personality heavily. And Uranus is, it's very like innovative, very unique. So it would give so much different flavor, like more like electric, electric flavor. Like um, each planet carries energetic signature, not like good bad. You know, kind of thing. There's some astrologers out there who talk about it, and I, I totally shun from them because it's absolutely nonsense. Um, there is no good or bad energy. There is only um, a spectrum. So right. where you flow between that energy is really your free will. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is a harder aspects, which are essentially harder to deal with, but it's not uh, like aspects to, to each energies or harder or harsher per se, right? They're stronger or they're so lighter and they're just different signatures. They're different signatures. Like you would have a lemon flavor versus you would have a ketchup. I don't know. Just giving like these are different flavors, right? So it's the same goes with signatures and each of them has um, uh, has certain um, attributes. So mm-hmm. so, uh, so as the as as a ascendant sign, um, if you're Scorpio, I'm, maybe I'm surprised you want to be on podcast. <laughs> but probably a Mercury somewhere uh, in the Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Mercury is the, the language and the talk and the mind. Mm, okay. um, mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> so I would have to look into that. There's probably some connection there. But uh, that but the but the drive bet- uh, behind your podcast actually it makes a whole lot of sense because you're curious and you're curious mm. about things what makes people drive. And that's totally, that's totally a psychology is ruled by, um, uh, by Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Astrology is always still. Um, so, uh, well, not, not astrology, the, the researches. So, right. um, so it's totally, uh, definitely you. Now, uh, moon is how we feel. So mm. what we need to feel, uh, you know, feel good, essentially, feel safe. Um, so it's our feelings. So if you have heard um, anyone say we live by the, by the sun, we feel by the moon, is that's where it comes from. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Very short, a very short intro into it. Yeah, you definitely have uh, like piqued my interest. Like, I'm I'm curious to learn more more about it, right? Um, especially too about the uh, like the houses and, and the ascendants and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, because that, that that still just seems pretty interesting to me that like you can still yes. like pick out pieces of people's personalities just by by looking at this, right? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. I kind of want to jump into a little bit of like yo your your personal interests and like hobbies, right? So you sound like you have a lot, right? Given <laughs> your diverse background and everything. So, you know, I kind of want to see if you could tell us a little bit about like, you know, some of those personal interests or hobbies outside of, you know, your professional life from, uh, you know, whether it be your own business and also to, uh, from the Kennedy Space Center. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So this question, this question is, I don't know how to separate that. <laughs> what is a personal, what is not personal? Tell me about it. <laughs> okay. No. Um, uh, so uh, besides uh, what I already mentioned, I also dance ballroom. Okay. And so that that is uh, one thing that I absolutely love. And I have Mars and Pisces, so that has to do with that, right? <laughs> Mars and Pisces, Pisces is creative and uh, Mars is energy. So 
mm. uh, so it's really I love to dance regardless I just dance right but uh, but it has ballroom and I danced when I was little and I, I, I dance right now um, I don't compete right now but uh, because I have a I have very different priorities mm -hmm. but uh, but I do dance whenever I have a chance I dance and uh, I have uh, also my son so there's a lot of uh, my other activities that surround around my eight-year-old um, so it is karate it is basketball and uh, a lot of that stuff which I also love actually basketball is Lithuanian um, religion second religion <laughs> and uh, he's born with some genes so he's I love that and uh, karate, I love martial arts as well, which also has to do with Pisces, with uh, Mars and Pisces. I love martial arts. I also practice myself, but I don't. Uh, I don't practice like um, actual martial art. I actually do cardio, um, cardio mm. kind of okay. portion. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm -hmm, but it's energy movement. It all has to do. All martial arts it has to do with energy. It has to do with your confidence. It has to do how you do your body. Because you know, if you have a stick, which they use, it's called bow staff, right? In your hands, a stick just a stick. But if you know how to use it. That's a different story, right? Right, right. I do archery as well. Oh, nice. But I like medieval things. Um, I love archery, uh, traditional. Um, I have a traditional bow, um, not not compound, meaning not automated. <laughs> I mm, think okay. it's too easy. Anybody could do that. So it has to do, again, the same thing. It's called Zen of archery. Um, it's, it has to do with your own alignment, with your own body, in your own energy field. And that's how you you actually develop the um, the strategy it's all about about that if you're out of alignment there is no strategy to help you it's just the truth i experienced that many times um you know and and if you are aligned you can shoot moving target and you're gonna nail it oh wow um it's just how it is so um so all of those martial arts i love for that reason so those are other things that i love um you know but but really anything that has to to do just just what we what we spoke already there is um there is a you might have heard like you said have uh you should have three hobbies like I... one one to keep you uh, fit or in shape or healthy you know and another one keep making money and third one keep you creative right so i don't really don't compartmentalize them a lot of them actually fit in all three of them for me and uh but if you can find you know you you know you, you really everybody should have that if if they don't, you know, then then you're missing out, you know, and, and usually those are usually covering more than one for most people too. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Like, I, I think you're 100% right. I, I forget where I, I learned that. It might have been like on a podcast or something. But yeah, I totally agree. Like for me, it was always mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, my creative and physical was dancing always mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, and then for like financial and also creativity um, yeah. was, was learning how to program and just, you know, being able to create anything with, to do with tech. Um, but yeah, the last last question I want to jump into for you today is, uh, you know, and for any advice, right? So what advice would you give to young people, you know, especially, you know, women that want to jump into the, like the STEM field, right? Like what, what advice would you give them about, you know, pursuing the passion and just going for it or just any advice you can give them? Okay. Well, if the woman wants to go into STEM field, usually they go. Mm -hmm. They are actually not afraid. Right. <laughs> That's really the truth. I actually mentored the Girl Scouts recently, and um, I was invited to mentor at the, they had the convention, their, uh, their convention in the Orlando, actually, where I live. And um, I was invited to mentor, I built one with the mentors. So it was really awesome to see young girls and there was uh, different ages out there. And uh, they're just passionate. They just want to go for it, go for it, go for it. So I think it's uh, it's 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 already getting like out there, but but generally, 
generally. And that's one advice for everybody, STEM field, not STEM field, doesn't really matter. Um, just to follow the passions, like whatever drives you, just follow that. And if you don't know, if you're so confused because your parents are pushing that and you think, oh my God, what I'm going to do? Because, you know, I love this, I don't know, whatever that is, some art maybe. I don't know. I don't know what, what, what have been our prejudices. There's all kinds of prejudices. It really depends on the, on, on, on where the background is. I mean, the prejudices will never go away, never go away. It's just the truth. You know, as long because people make meanings, people make stories. So, whatever their story and background is, they create these prejudices in their head. And um, and really, there is no such thing as being a bad profession or being a good profession. Okay. Being uh, this one will gonna get you somewhere, and this one not gonna get you anywhere. That that doesn't exist. And uh, I think it's just already been shown, like recently, especially with a lot of people creating uh, careers out of really strange. Um, really, really, really strange things that people never even thought about mixing together, you know, and, um, and, you know, and, and, and they make a lot of money and, and there is a niche and that's it. So the, the core, the key is to, to really do what you love, because when you only, if you, if you do what you love, you're going to be successful. And I think Steve Jobs says that actually. <laughs> so, um, but whoever said that, I'm sure more than one person said that before, because it's true. Every single person, every single person who is, who did great things and they follow their passions, their, whatever they're passionate about, whatever it drives them, whatever they're curious about, they follow that and they went there and they really did that without, without caring what other people think. And if that makes them happy, that's success. That's really success because um, if you are out there said, okay, I'm going to work for Kennedy Space Center, but you're going to study something you hate and you're going to hate studying it, then you're going to hate working because you're going to need to work it too. So you better don't do it then. Just because, I don't know, somebody around you said that it's a really good place to be. But mm -hmm. then if you want to be like, look at me, like I didn't think about working there, right? But I'm a psychologist, you know? And, uh, you know, if somebody back in Lithuania said uh, psychology, oh, you want to work at Kennedy Space Center? You better don't study psychology. You should study physics or, or whatever else. I don't know. Right. Um, I don't know, mathematics. I mean, I could have studied physics too, but physics was too rigid at the time. There was no quantum physics, unfortunately, so, <laughs> or was very little back in Lithuania. So I didn't want that, that kind of physics. So, um, so yeah, so I'm very happy what I studied and, uh, and it led me to the place that human factors was not even there at the time. So what, what you create is, you know, it's, it's what you create your life when it, when you live a happy life so mm -hmm. um when you're passionate they ask for you yeah honestly Rota, thank you so much that was that was lovely yeah um so before i end the show there's always one last question i like to ask people it's just a random question i pulled from a deck of cards um so my question for you is who is your favorite hollywood villain or villainess and why <laughs> Oh my God. I so don't know Hollywood. I felt that long time ago. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was like in the bachelor. Somebody did a test. We had like, um, on the, some kind of pop culture. And I was like, I filled every single question. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know anything about that. Ask me something more important. <laughs> well, I mean, do you have like a favorite villain, uh, thinking... whether it's like a book or, or anything? I'm thinking, uh, let's see. Villain, villain, villain. Um, Hmm. 
Hmm. I don't know. I'll save that one. Oh, okay. So um, it would be, and I don't know if it's Hollywood, um, from uh, from the Star Wars. Mm, okay. So the the Dark Vader. Oh wow! Nice. Why is that? <laughs> because uh, that that really that really shows uh, how how choices determine life. Mm. So. And how it's really up to you who you want to be. He wasn't really born one, right? But he became one by choice, just because he was seduced and fear was a culprit. So that's that's really why I like that. It's not really us him specifically, but what he represents and what right. the message comes from his life. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, yeah. I wasn't expecting that answer, but I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess last question, um, you know, like where, where can people find you if they want to find you? So you can find me, um, Instagram. I have an empirical mystic, empirical mystic. So, and it's my name in there as well. And, um, LinkedIn at this point, the website, uh, will be published soon. It's undercover still is being, uh, populated <laughs> with mm -hmm. much information there. So, uh, but a lot of things that I research and some visuals that I, I do, I share there. Mm -hmm. So it's empirical mystic or Urate Wolf, J U R A T E, Wolf Ven E. And you can connect also on LinkedIn. So those are two major platforms that I share currently on. Well, Urate, thank you so much. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes, but it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to the bottom left pane. If you enjoyed our journey into the unseen stories today, don't forget to follow us on social media at Bottom Left Pain on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our show on any platform where you get your podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in supporting the production of our show, consider checking out our Patreon. Even a contribution as little as a dollar a month can make a huge difference. Thank you for your support and for joining us in uncovering the hidden chapters of life. And remember, sometimes the most profound stories are the ones we've never heard before.